With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Final Word Podcast tonight as we celebrate the 28 black films that everyone must see for Black History Month. We will be airing a new episode of this series each night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Each film we feature is a must-see as it reflects the real-life circumstances that many black people have experienced or can relate to. Watches these films represent a community with a rich and significant contribution to the world. These movies are in no particular order. Don't see a particular movie on the list? Email us at the final word podcast at yahoo.com. Thank you for all your emails last night. You've given me some movies that I didn't even consider. I'm adding them to my list. We will be returning to our previous Sunday night format to discuss current events, politics, and hot button issues. So stay tuned. We've definitely got to talk about measles in America and this new anti-vaccination push. Thank you to all the listeners and members of both our Facebook discussion page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the final word podcast and our almost 30,000 Twitter followers at the final word POD who kept the conversation going during our hiatus and special thanks to all our listeners at home who join us live or download our shows through both blogtalkradio.com and our platform on iTunes. I'm Angel, your host of the Final Word Podcast. Listeners on Blog Talk Radio tonight can call in and share their thoughts on our movie at 347-826-7899. And let's see who gets the final word. Tonight's film, 1985 classic, The Color Purple. The Color Purple, an American story for the whole world. It's about life, it's about love, it's about us. You will always remember, Mr. Shug. 
old mister? Nettie? Harple? Squeak? Sophia? And Seeley? You will never forget the color purple. I get chills just hearing the soundtrack, and it's so interesting to hear that trailer and have them go through the roster of characters and you instantly know who they're talking about if you're a fan of this film like I am. An epic tale spanning 40 years based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel by Alice Walker, The Color Purple tells the story of a young African-American girl named Celie Harris. Oscar-winning actress Whoopi Goldberg in her film debut stars and shows the problem African-American women face during the early 1900s, including poverty, racism, and sexism. Celie is transformed as she finds her self-worth through the help of two strong female companions and the strength ultimately to forgive. There is a moment in Steven Spielberg's The Color Purple when a woman named Celie smiles and smiles and smiles. That was the moment when I knew the movie was going to be as good as it seemed. It was going to keep the promise it made by daring to tell Celie's story. It's not a story that would seem easily suited to the movies. And a story that comes out in 1985, Hollywood wasn't exactly pushing black stories in the way that it does now, For all intents and purposes, I mean, you see that the Academy Awards snubbed Selma and a lot of really good work this year. Celia is a woman who grows up in the rural South in the early decades of this century in a world that surrounds her with cruelty. When we first see her, she's a child running through fields of purple flowers with her sister, but then comes into clear view and we see that she's pregnant. And we learn that her father is the one who made her pregnant and will give away the child as soon as he is done. The same he's done with the previous child. By the time Celie is married to a cruel, distant charmer she only calls Mr., she will have lost both her children and the ability to bear children, will have been separated from her sister Nettie, who's the only person on earth Celie believes loves her and will be living in servitude to a man who flaunts his love for another woman. And yet this woman will endure, and in the end, she will prevail. The color purple is not the story of her suffering, but of her victory. And by the end of her story, this film had moved me and lifted me up as few films have. It's a great, warm, hard unforgiving, uncompromising triumph of a movie. And there's not a scene that does not shine with the love of the people who made it. The film is based on the novel by Alice Walker, who told Celie's story through a series of letters, some never sent, many never received, most addressed to God. The letters are her way of maintaining sanity in a world where few others 
ever cared to listen to her. The turning point in the book and in the movie comes after Celie's husband brings home the fancy woman he's been crazy about for years, a then-pathetic, alcoholic, juke-joint singer named Suge Avery, who has been ravaged by life, yet still has an indestructible beauty. We're just listening to the overture of The Color Purple as I went on there. This is Suge Avery's introduction at a jute joint, singing The Dirty Dozens. Suge Avery's voice was actually dubbed by this incredible singer named Tata Vega. I never knew that for all these years. I actually watched a documentary called uh, 20 Feet from Stardom by Darlene Love, who talks about these famous background singers, Tata Vega being one of them. Here's The Dirty Dozens. words to Celie are, you show is ugly. But as Shug moves into the house and Celie obediently caters to her husband's lover, Shug begins to see the beauty in Celie. And there's a scene where they kiss and Celie learns for the first time that sex can include tenderness, that she can dare to love herself. A little later, Celie looks in Shug's eyes and allows herself to smile. And we know that Celie didn't think she had a pretty smile until Suge told her so. That is the central moment in the movie. Also for me, one of the moments that I just fall in love with Whoopi Goldberg. She literally lights up when she smiles at Suge. She 
she was robbed of her Academy Award in 1985. Here, Suge sings, it's Tata Vega, Miss Seeley's Blues, a song she dedicates to Miss Seeley. toned down from Alice Walker's book, which deals in great detail with sexual matters. Steven Spielberg, who made the movie, is more concerned with the whole world of Seeley's life than he is with her erotic education. We meet many members of the rural black community that surrounds Seeley. We meet a few of the local whites, too, but they're bit players in this drama. Much more important are people like Sophia, Oprah Winfrey in her debut role as well who was also robbed of a Best Supporting Actress Oscar for her portrayal, an indomitable force of nature who is determined to marry Harpo, Mr. Sun, by a first marriage. When we first see Sophia hurrying down the road with everyone trying to keep up, she looks like someone who could never be stopped. A standout scene in the film is when Sophia confronts Celie after she tells Harpo he should beat her to keep her in line, a treatment Seeley is all too used to. All my life I had to fight. I had to fight my daddy. I had to fight my uncles. I had to fight my brothers. Girl, child ain't safe in the family means. But I ain't never thought I had to fight in my own house. I love Hoppo. God knows I do. But I kill him dead before I let him beat me. And yeah. that's a hoof print. Does it look a hoof print, that Paul? No, that looked like a fist print. No, no, sir. No, sir. Ain't no fist touch my face. No, sir. Now, you want a dead son-in-law, Miss Seeley? You keep on advising him like you do him. Sadly, Sophia is stopped. After one day in town with her children, a white woman asked her to come work for her as a maid. Sophia, shocked to be considered the help, tells her off, leading to a confrontation where she tells the local white mayor to go to hell, the woman's husband. And the saddest story in the movie is the way her spirit is forever dampened by the beating and jailing she receives. Oh, 
Miss Millie always going on over the cup. You children are so clean. Would you like to work for me? Be my maid? Hell no. What did you say? Hell no. What did she say? Hey, can't you pump that crude a little faster? Gail, what did you say to Miss Millie? I said, hell. audio clip of that scene gives me chills. It's interesting because Sophia's character is such a counterpoint to Celie. I mean, Celie spends the majority of the movie having no voice, having that voice taken from her by the men in her life, beaten out of her. Sophia's the reverse. Sophia had such a strong, unbreakable character until, of course, she's broken and loses her voice it wasn't until Celie took pity on her and convinced the mayor's wife to actually hire her as the maid anyway, getting her released from jail. Celie sees her years later, struggling to read something from a shop as she's shopping for the maid. And it's Celie who gets the things for her and helps her out. Celie who keeps encouraging her to find her spirit again. Ultimately, she does. Shug Avery is another fascinating character played by Margaret Avery as a sweet-faced, weary woman who sings a little like Billie Holiday and has long since lost all of her illusions about men and everything else. Her contact with Celie redeems her by giving her somebody to be nice to. It allows her to get in touch with what is still nice inside herself. Her redemption at the film's climax comes when she is finally reunited with her pastor father who has disowned her for her singing ways earlier in life. Her sinning. She opens her heart and voice, having the latter closed off for some many years, and proclaims to all that can hear her, including Mr., that maybe God is trying to tell you something. If I were you, I would say, yeah. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Speak to me.
that films come so close to the actual climax of the film of that scene comes so close to the climax of the film and you hear her tell her pastor father see daddy sinners have soul too and it doesn't just resonate between the scene of her being reunited like the prodigal the prodigal daughter with her father but you see mister after Celie's left him taking the money that he saved and finally releasing what we come to find out is Celie's sister Nettie who was waiting for her immigration papers to come through god wasn't just speaking to them in that scene but to mister hmm Mr., whose real name is Albert, is played by Danny Glover, who would go on to be a star of Lethal Weapon franchise. He's a cruel man, his wicked ways tempered to some extent by his ignorance. Perhaps he does not fully understand how cruel he is to Seeley. Certainly he seems outwardly pleasant. He smiles and jokes and sings, and then hurts Seeley to the quick not so much with his physical blows as when he refuses to let her see the letters she hopes are coming from her long-lost sister. Celie, with Shug's encouragement, after years of believing her sister Nettie has all but disappeared, discovers decades of letters she's written to Celie from Africa. In fact, as luck would have it, Nettie comes across the family who raised her previously lost two children, Olivia and Adam, now being cared for. With the hope and confidence that comes with knowing that she is loved in this world, Celie finally confronts and leaves Mister. Until you do right by me, everything you think about is going to crumble. Don't do it, Miss Celie. Don't trade places with what I've been through. tell mister after all these years of abuse everything you've done to me already been done to you I always looked at it as the cycle of violence didn't just start with him and her that mister too was a victim of violence 
and tortured throughout his life. It's what helped create him. And she was tired of it. At the center of this movie, Seeley, played by Whoopi Goldberg, in one of the most amazing debut performances in movie history. It's shocking that she wasn't that year's winner of the Academy Award for Best Actress. In fact, of the film's 11 nominations, The Color Purple was shut out completely. Goldberg has a fearsomely difficult job to do, enlisting our sympathy for a woman who is rarely allowed to speak to dream, to interact with the lives around her. Spielberg breaks down the wall of silence around her, however, by giving her narrative monologues in which she talks about her life and reads the letters she composes. The wonderful performances in this movie are contained in a screenplay that may take some of the shocking edges off Walker's novel, but keeps all the depth and dimension. The world of Seeley and the others is created so forcibly in this movie that their corner of the South becomes one of those movie places, like Oz, like Casablanca, that lay claim to their own geography and our imaginations, and in our hearts. Despite the ever-so-popular view that this film is a condemnation of black men, I have to disagree. What this film so adeptly demonstrates is the very harsh realities that far too many women, black women in particular, have had to endure for too long in a male-dominated society. The strength of all of the female characters is indomitable. That being said, we should not forget how important racism was in creating the attitudes of men to then as it was today. That doesn't excuse the behavior nor eliminate the responsibility for the acts, but it does, however, help to explain them. Spielberg's direction is better, in my opinion, in this film than in any other film of his career, with the exception of Schindler's List. For him not to have received the Oscar as Best Director, and for this film to have been denied the Best Picture Award, is one of the many great injustices perpetrated by the Hollywood establishment. You'll laugh, cry, think, and be entertained. What more could you ask for from a film? For me, Whoopi Goldberg is one of the best dramatic actresses I think I've ever seen. Oprah and Margaret Avery were outstanding and so deftly contrast Whoopi's performance and underscore the many indignities suffered by all of the women, albeit in different ways. It ultimately is a triumph of the human spirit. The affirmation at the end of the film is so joyous that this is one of the few movies in a long time that inspires tears of happiness and earns them. The Color Purple 
is one of the best films I've ever seen. If any of you haven't seen The Color Purple or just want to revisit it, I provided a link to watch the film on our Facebook page. Thank you for tuning in with us tonight on the Final Word podcast here on blogtalkradio.com. I hope you'll tune into our next installment of our Black History Month Film Festival series as we review 1993's What's Love Got to Do With It? You can reach out to us through our social media outlets on the Final on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the final word podcast on Twitter at the final word POD. And remember to follow us here at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the final word podcast, where we provide you a place to stream or download current and past shows onto your mobile device or computer. Remember we are on iTunes as well. So tune into our next show and let's see who gets the final word. Good night, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.